Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous with your host, Lauren Conlon. Hey everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. So lately, guys, I've been trying out more conventional episodes um, that are basically in studio. And um, last week I had Jason Jones. He was super funny from TBS's The Detour. And today I have the brilliant and beautiful Dr. Robbie Ludwig in studio with me. So thanks for being here, Dr. Robbie. Oh my God, it's <laughs> thrilling. I'm so glad that we could do this. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Um, if any of you guys don't know Dr. Robbie, I'm going to give her a quick intro. And she is hashtag goals. I mentioned before that sometimes I go to Newsmax to talk about entertainment news. And one Monday, Dr. Robbie was also on the show and I bumped into her and I was like, ah, I'm such a big fan. And lucky for me, she was so nice and so welcoming. And she gave me her contact info so I could stalk her. Um, so Dr. Robbie is a nationally known psychotherapist, award-winning producer, reporter, and host slash lifestyle expert. And she's also an author of multiple books. And she's always contributing on so many different TV shows. Fox, IDTV, Tamron Hall, 2020, so many more. I've watched her for years. Currently, she's the host of Talking Live, which is filmed right here in New York in Times Square. And that streams on Facebook Live. And she features a different relevant guest every week. So it's really, really cool. So sorry, Dr. Robbie, I will shut up in a minute. But I just want to take advantage of having you here. Um, And there are just so many things that I want to talk about. And I firstly want to talk to you about the coronavirus and the entertainment industry and just how it's it's affecting things. Um, I mentioned to you before I was going to go to the, the French Film Festival at Lincoln Center last night. Yeah. They canceled it because people didn't want to fly in from France. And mm. yeah, they didn't want to have a carpet. Um, I'm also supposed to go to South by Southwest next week for the film festival. And my husband's freaking out. He's saying, no, you know, we shouldn't go. It's going to be a mess. Like, what do you think about all of this? Oh, gosh. It is so tough because this is a story that's evolving every day. And mm-hmm. we're finding out more and more information. I would say if you don't need to travel – maybe don't do it. I mean, why introduce the possibility of getting sick or exposing yourself in a way that you don't need to? Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, you also have to live your life. Now, it's interesting. In the entertainment industry, I got a notice from Mm SAG-AFTRA, which is the Actors Union, and they are telling everybody to be very cognizant, very aware. If you are sick, stay home. So think about some of the kissing scenes. It, it has mm. to be very right. hard right, for right. those actors who have to be very close. <laughs> I mean, I probably would be like, no, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I would have to step back. Well, 
So I appreciate and I value your opinion. I'm just really disappointed. I really want to go to South by Southwest. I really want to cover these movies. So I'm like, what do I do? Well, you know what? If you really want to, I do. Then, then do it and take precautions. Right. 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 So have hand sanitizers. Wash your hands. Yeah. Don't touch your face. This is not something that mm-hmm. happens. It can't just like seep through the air. <laughs> you have to exactly do, do something. Right. Right. To uh, contract this illness. And listen, it's similar to the flu and the way the flu, people get the flu. Right. 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 Which is through touching something. If you touch something, it can stay on objects. We don't know how long. Right. And then it's entry through the face, through your eyes, nose, mouth, and we're always touching our face. So yes. you have to be super, super aware. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're so right. And and I've read multiple film companies are postponing shoots, but they're over overseas, like in Italy. I mentioned the other day that um yeah, Mission Impossible Seven was postponing their shoot in Italy because the Italian government said no more public gatherings. Everybody just you know stay in your house, but and social distancing. Yes, right. right. So maybe not hugging. And you're a very warm person, mm-hmm. as am I. So yes. like I hug, I know. I'm a kisser, I know. I'm a shaker. So I mean, I guess the thing that scares me the most about Corona is that the symptoms seem to stay dormant. I guess for like a week or two, or or it can, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. So it can stay dormant for two weeks. So if you're in a location mm-hmm. that's high risk, right? You know, then you want to self quarantine yourself. Yeah. So right? just you, to make sure you basically agree that the entertainment industry is doing the right thing by sort of canceling a lot of these things. And and so South By is still on, but I did just get an email that Amazon pulled their films. They didn't want their team going. Mm. So that's why my husband's like, well, if Amazon pulled, they know something that we don't. So, you know. like I, I think we know everything that we know. Right. And always you want to be aware of the facts, mm-hmm. right? The facts are what is most important when dealing with this kind of possibly pandemic illness, right. correct? Mm-hmm. So check with the World Health Organization, the CDC. Mm-hmm. I'm told that Johns, Johns Hopkins has some really good information. Okay. New York State Health Department. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think that I'm doing that. I guess I'm more worried for my kids. I just don't want, you know, if I get it, okay, but then I can't be around my kids and I don't want my kids to get it. So it's just, I don't know. If I was just like me, myself, and I, I'd be like, okay, whatever, I can fight this off. But I just, I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned or extra concerned, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's so. interesting. I have a patient who is super anxious mm-hmm. and her fear was, oh, if I have it and I'm infecting other people, then my life is going to be known because we heard about that lawyer, yes. right? Yes. And so everybody knows about the lawyer, everyone he right. had contact with, right. his family, closing schools. Oh my gosh. So no one wants to be mm-hmm. in that position right. either. Yeah. I just I, I said the other day to my husband, I'm like, are we living in the movie Contagion right now? Is that our lives? I, I really don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. But he, I told him I was getting angry with him last night. I'm like, you are making me uncomfortable because you are being so crazy about this that he said, well, listen, if one of you guys gets it and you don't make it, how am I going to live with myself knowing I could have sent you away? And I'm like, okay, you're being so dramatic. You need to stop. Well, I think it's really important to get out there that 
people who have coronavirus mm-hmm. don't necessarily die. Right. It's a yes. really, really bad flu-like symptoms, and it can cause death mm-hmm. much more than the flu, but the elderly are mm-hmm. more at risk. If someone is health-compromised, right. they are more at risk. Uh, we know that actually younger children seem to be more resilient with this particular right. flu. My son, uh, so, he's 16 months. He's probably fine, I would think. I mean, so, so listen, you know, we're learning more as we go along, right. but that seems to be what people are observing. Right. That it tends to be the older. I love the way you talk. You're oh, so really? di- yeah, you're so diplomatic about oh. it too. You're like, you know, that's what people are observing. Like it's not coming directly from me. People are observing yeah, this. Because, yeah, because <laughs> you know, we have to rely on people who mm-hmm. specialize in this area. Mm-hmm. And I certainly want to provide good information that doesn't get people worried and fearful because mm-hmm. that can create its own set of issues. Yes. I mean, we see that businesses are impacted. Mm-hmm. We see that the stock market is impacted. And there's xenophobia in certain cases where certain groups are being targeted. So we just want to be smart about it. When I was doing research about how to reduce anxiety mm. concerning the coronavirus, I looked at the World Health Organization stats for the flu. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, up to 650,000 people can die of the flu. And think about how many people don't get their flu shot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. My husband is one of them, and he's the one freaking out right, right. now. So, so he <laughs> should get his flu shot. Yeah, 100%. Because 100%. what they are saying is you don't want to have the flu and get this on top of it. Right. So if someone has not gotten their flu shot Go get it. (laughs) Okay, everybody, if if you take anything away from this episode, get your flu shot, okay? Um, Okay, well, that's that's amazing information to have. I really do appreciate that. So let's move on. I want to talk about Harvey Weinstein for a minute. So I believe he just went to Rikers yesterday after like a cushy stay in Bellevue. Um, I mean, I don't know – the severity of heart palpitations per se. Maybe you can shed some light on that. But when I saw that, I was like, is that a crock of shit? Or did he really have, you know, I kind of thought the walker the whole time was a crock of shit, you know? Yeah. So, I, right? Like, we call that in my business malingering. <laughs> yes, yes. It's totally. malingering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just looked like I call BS. Yes, 100%. I see BS. Totally. That looked like bad acting to mm-hmm. me. Very you know, bad. For yep. somebody so who bad. like, Mm-hmm. hires people to be in his Does movies this for a living. Yeah. to to kind of mm-hmm. he did not pull that off well. No. Having said that, is it yeah. possible that he had heart palpitations after the reality hit him that mm-hmm. he may be in prison for the rest of his life? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this guy does not look like he's in the best shape. He's obese. <laughs> I, know. I mean, he can't I guess he, he can't help yeah. his looks. No. But he is obese and certainly a panic or stress reaction Mm. to that kind of life-changing news could produce heart palpitations. Right. But, I mean, enough to be in the hospital for a week? Or is that kind of like, let's just prolong Harvey because he's Harvey, right? Like, Let's like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe they just wanted to do all of the tests and do their due diligence because Mm -hmm. doctors have a responsibility to treat the patient regardless. Yeah. So maybe – and he was at Bellevue. And right. we do know that Bellevue is a psychiatric hospital. True. It's it's not the Four Seasons. I, I should say that. Right? Well, I'm but... just saying it's psychiatric. Yeah. So we don't really know 
all the issues he was dealing with. Right, right. That's interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I feel like a lot of that will come to light in the next coming weeks once he gets to Rikers and, and we see sort of how he's he's fitting in there and well, settling make, in. But... Make no mistake, Harvey is a true sociopath. Mm. So he has antisocial personality disorder. Mm. And with those kinds of people, they're always looking for the win. So they don't stop. I don't know if you're familiar. Everyone is kind of familiar with this. The the term just do it. Yes. From Nike. Of course. Okay. Where did they get that term from? A sociopath who was on death row. No. Who just was like, just do it. No. And they took that hashtag or that tagline. Right. And they made it a positive. But I have worked with sociopaths in my practice. Okay. And actually one professionally. Hmm. And he's like, Robbie, I know you think I'm a sociopath. I'm like, you are a sociopath. That's <laughs> Clinically why, you are. <laughs> that's why I think it. He's like, you hate me. I'm like, I don't hate you. I'm just calling a spade a spade. And they don't really so see funny. people the way you and I would. Right. As three-dimensional feeling people. Mm. They're objects to be used like a disposable fork. Or a paper plate. Once you're done with it, you throw it out, right? You don't think anything of it. That is really how they experience. That's so awful. That's so, so awful. Yeah. And they are always thinking about, okay, I have a hurdle here. How can I get around the hurdle? They have no pride. It's like in some ways genius because they're always thinking about how can they turn something into a win. And that's why so many of them – have achieved success and great failure as well. Right. And I'm thinking about, you know, Harvey's wife, Georgina, who is mm. – she's a fashion designer. She's beautiful. She's 25 years younger than him. And and for him to do all of this while being married to her with two kids, I mean, I, I thought immediately, what kind of man are you? You have everything. You really do. You have everything. Yeah, it's interesting because I know people who worked with Harvey – Up close and personal. Oh. And even knew his relationship with his wife. Like, evidently, he would call her several times a day, and he was truly in love with her. And so here's an interesting fact, right, right, if you will. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody is truly in love with their partner, if they are designed to cheat, Mm -hmm. they're going to cheat. So he really did love her, evidently, right? and called her all the time and would seek her advice. Now, I don't know if she loved him. It's <laughs> yeah. hard to imagine. I mean, well, now she's quoted as saying he is absolutely disgusting. But, I mean, what else is she going to say at this point? So, Yeah. I mean, and so this person who worked with him also said, you know, Robbie, and I, I actually called her when I was asked to talk about Harvey Weinstein. I said, please give me the other side. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to know what you experience, what's not out there in the news so that I can make a proper assessment. Right. And she said, you know, Robbie, there was another side to him and the story. He was very charming, Mm -hmm. very smart. He could win over anyone. And there were a lot of women that knew – Kind of going into the relationship, what the deal was. They wanted that part. Mm -hmm. They knew he was a star maker. In fact, I was interviewing, in fact, right at Gotham Podcast Studio right here. fun. (laughs) For Talking Live because we also shoot out of here too. Oh, so fun. Candace Bushnell. Oh, wow. I love her books, but yeah. She's incredible. She's so incredible. Mm -hmm. She was telling me she had a friend who was madly in love with him. 
And I said, really? I'm like, are you sure? She goes, yeah. Now, she might have been in love with his power, his money, and I was like, his looks? And she said, yeah. Maybe she She, tolerated them because – She said she, according to Candace, this friend found his looks hot because he was so ugly that it was almost a turn on. Now, Wait, I have never (laughs) – Heard I, that before? I'm dead. Are you kidding me? No, you're so ugly that it's hot. Okay, fine. You're All right. Just, he was so ugly. There was something <laughs> sexy about it. And um, listen, everyone has their fetishes. I really can't with that. Well, so wow. it just it makes it a little bit more complex and interesting mm-hmm. because on the one hand, Harvey did have women who wanted to be with him because they wanted the end game and they were okay with that. Mm-hmm. There were women in that category. Yes. So I think I don't doubt that for a minute. So I I'm mean. sure part of Harvey felt, you know, they want me mm-hmm. or they will want me or right. they'll want me at some point mm-hmm. or when they see what I can do for them, like a lot of powerful men, they delude themselves and they think women want me. They all want me. Right. They live for me. What they don't realize is that it's the power. It's the money. They forget that. And they don't know that until they lose the money, lose the position, lose the power. So you have this situation where someone can truly be a rapist, Mm -hmm. can truly sexually harass, and not really get it. Right. Right. I I can definitely see that with him. I – I do have a hard time thinking that he would forget for a minute that, oh, they're only with me because I have this power and this money. I hope that was in his head at all times, right? I really hope oh, it no. was. If he's so, not that self-aware, according I mean, well, to the, clearly, but According yeah. to the studies, powerful men, which is why this happens so often with powerful men, mm-hmm. really believe that these women want them. It's kind of like the drunk man <laughs> Oh is gosh. more inclined to think women want them even right. if they don't. Mm. They've got beer confidence at that point, right? And so, so think about what money does mm. to a man's psyche. Right. If you are at the top of the heap financially and very powerful and everybody is under your fiefdom, mm-hmm. you could look like the till of the hunt and have supermodels pounding down your door. <laughs> You're so, so right. You're so right. I mean, I'm going to keep a close eye on this just because I'm somehow fascinated by this whole thing. It's fascinating. Um, it, it really is, right? And and I never knew who his wife was. And I, I Googled her like a few weeks ago just because I didn't know. And I was like, oh, she's so beautiful. And she's, yeah. she's successful. And I just well, was like, Well, he what? helped like, her success. Of course. Of course. And, and she was smart enough to marry him. And, and maybe, like you said, maybe she did love him. And maybe he really did love her. But you can't change. Maybe, you know, it's so interesting how we see people as mm-hmm. influenced it's very much influenced by how the world sees them. Right. So she entered into his world and talk about beer goggles. <laughs> Think about Hollywood goggles. Yes. Yeah. Right? So true. So she understood, but everybody kowtowed to him, mm-hmm. the most important, powerful people he, on the planet. Yeah. He, he made, made stars. So, so, you know, she had to see him differently than I would see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it it takes a lot to marry that person. I just – I think about my – I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, you have to marry him. You have to wake up to that face every day. I would be very thin because I wouldn't be able to eat and I'd be throwing up all the time. All the time. 
all the time. And I've seen them in person. Oh, and it's uh, just as bad, right? Oh, if yeah. not worse. Yeah. Oh, if gosh. not worse. Yep. yep. I can yeah. totally, totally see that. Um, okay. So let's just switch topics. Um, I mentioned to you that in addition to being an entertainment junkie, I am such a crime junkie. I I love IDTV. I mentioned I watched you on Scorn for six years. I was so jealous. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is so great. Um, so one of the books you wrote, Till Death Do Us Part, Love, Marriage, and the Mind of the Killer Spouse. That's basically right up my alley. Not – Not that I'm going to kill my husband or anything. Uh, Let me put that out there. But um, the book presents a psychological profile of notorious killer spouses. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you your thoughts. And this is sort of a little bit different. But um, Chris Watts, that case, for those of you that don't know, he murdered his pregnant wife, Shanann Watts, and their two daughters. And it was such a tragedy, so awful. Everybody was shocked by it. He goes to jail. He ends up admitting it. And then I just listened to um, a Crime Junkie podcast where they mentioned that he has love letters like, oh, yeah. out the ass. Like women are throwing themselves Around at him. the world. Around the world. Like he's some kind of celebrity. Like, Begging. What? I'm so – he admittedly killed his wife. And, Do you remember Scott Peterson? Yes, of course. Well, he has more marriage proposals than probably – Brad Pitt. This blows my mind. Why? Like, why? I, I need to figure this out because it's it's disgusting. Like- yeah. Well, it's an interesting phenomenon. So here you have some of these killers, right? Antisocial right. personality disordered individuals mm-hmm. who think nothing of killing, but they're very good looking. Right. They're very handsome. And in some ways, they're kind of like an antihero. They're the epitome of the I, the alpha man, really. Yeah. Right? So they're strong. They're powerful. They're sexy. Uh, they're, I mean, Scott Peterson, maybe. Chris Watts, no. Well, he's like, Chris Watts, when he – not like – He's not handsome. I don't think he's handsome. Oh, really? I, yeah. I mean, I think that he's a good-looking guy once he lost all that weight. Okay. It's interesting. When he first married Shanann – Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, like he's, I don't know. He was very average to me, but. I mean, he was very average. Yeah. And then somehow during the marriage, he worked out and yeah. I think got slimmer. I did. I did see that. He's feeling himself, I guess. He was feeling yeah. himself. He was feeling himself. <laughs> right. Uh, felt cute. Felt, yeah. Felt cute. Yeah. <laughs> so in people that have studied this, mm-hmm. these men are like celebrities, but more accessible. So. You may not be able to reach out to Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, I see. all these other Hollywood stars, but these right. men are star-like anyway. That's they so have crazy. star power. And also they're sexy in the sense that they know how to seduce. So men in prison have a lot of time right. in a way that normal men don't. Normal men are going to work. Normal men have pressures. Normal men are taking out the garbage. They're paying their bills. They're not sitting around thinking about how to write the perfect love letter. Yeah, But these men are, and wow. they manipulate. They get money out of people. It's unbelievable. So there are women that find that sexy. And and I would venture to guess that these women also, they want a dangerous guy, but they want to be protected. Right. Because they're not having a physical relationship with this person. I mean, are they thinking, oh, they killed already. They're not going to kill again. They'd be crazy. Well, yes, or they are crazy. Maybe they like they that idea. I oh. like to know my man can kill someone and be that alpha male. I just can't and, get over and that. And I'm different. 
you know, the feeling of I'm different, but they're protected. So they're protected in fantasy, too, because these men feed the relationship. Right. And they don't have to deal with dirty laundry, dirty socks, having to cook dinner. Yeah. I guess. And you know what? I almost accept it for people like Stephen Avery, who he he says, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Yes, totally. You should get a girlfriend. Get a wife. Write to him. He says he's innocent. He didn't do this heinous crime. Well, these men are like, yeah, pretty much I did it. I mean, right? That probably makes the person who's innocent less attractive. uh, And that's so sick. He's just a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of these women have a history of abuse Mm. in their background, even sexual abuse. So they get this dangerous killer. Yeah. But they're safe. So I don't know if you watched yet. It just came out on Netflix. I'm and just, famous. I'm really crazy, infamous. But, oh, yeah. Totally right. infamous. But um, on Netflix, it came out, The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Okay. I will just tell you, it, it's brand new, but it's it's the trial of a his Gabriel, who's eight years old. He's unfortunately deceased. His mom and her boyfriend are on trial for killing him. Um, they beat him to death, basically. But anyway, my husband and I were watching this, and he was basically saying, you know, well – I'm saying this is so heinous, like, you know, throw the book at them, whatever. You see this this mom, her past, they said she, when she was like 11, she was gang raped and kidnapped for two days and stuff like that. And he says, you know, you have to give her a pass. This is her way of life. I'm like, but if you see these pictures of this poor child, you can't give her a pass. Like, right? It's so unfortunate. And I don't even know what to make of all of this sometimes. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are reasons, but not excuses. That- and. Perfectly said. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a difference. So it's not okay. I mean, for every person who was abused, they still can do better. I mean, you know, you're a parent. Mm -hmm. I'm a parent. Don't we always want to improve on what we experience? Even if we had a good experience, we want to tweak it and do it a little different and do Mm -hmm. it better. Yeah. So not everybody should be a parent. Right. It's it. You really did just say it so perfectly, though. There are reasons. There are absolutely not excuses. Yeah, that was her reason. She had a horrible, horrible, unthinkable, unimaginable childhood. No one should go through that. But nobody should do what you did to your son. Well, so. right. So, but here's the interesting thing. So you can see probably what happened was she was repeating what she experienced in her own childhood, and the right. reason why that happens is there's something called the identification with the aggressor. And they see themselves, well, either I'm going to be the one who's not abused Mm -hmm. or abused. Right. And they make that choice. And so some follow a a life of abuse, right? They choose Mm -hmm. abusive men and they get abused. And then in some cases, they become the abuser. In their mind, it means if I'm the abuser, then I'm not abused. And also, it's a repetition compulsion. She's right. showing what she experienced, but she ended up killing her child in the process. Right. And and what's crazy about this is, so her boyfriend that she brought into this, like, yes, he was this 300-pound security guard. It's, it's awful. He really did beat the crap out of this kid, and it's terrible. He He followed her orders, mostly. This guy gets the death sentence, and she, like – 
um, gets a plea and life in prison, which I was like, see, yes, he was the muscle, but you, she should be the one to, and I'm not, being on that jury, I feel like I cannot tell anybody, you know, you deserve death, you deserve life. That's a lot. You see the difference when it comes to gender discrimination. Mm. So gender discrimination really happens when we look at the prison system and men. So for example, like the Menendez brothers, do you remember that case? Yes, of course. Where they brutally killed their parents Mm -hmm. and uh, because of leaked tapes and things like that, it right. made them look horribly guilty. But I really am looking at the case. I think they were tortured and abused beyond belief to the point where they had post-traumatic stress. Right. I think it was kill or be killed. I think it was such a sick environment. Yeah. I think there was sexual abuse by both parents. Right. right. I have no doubt. Yeah. And they're in prison oh, for so life. And I think that also there's gender discrimination because if that were – Females. A woman. There are women who have been let out after mm-hmm. a period of time. So I right. think we really need to look and rethink about the criminal justice system. And I think that's starting to happen. Right. But you're absolutely right, right to make that observation. Yeah. I was just – I was watching that and I was like that – again, I'm not one to say, oh, you deserve death, you deserve life. But I was like, oh, this is, seems very odd to me. Um But, okay, so just bringing things back to a happier topic, um, (laughs) I've had my fair share of embarrassing moments on the carpet and during interviews, but can you think of anything that was sort of embarrassing that happened to you or funny during an interview when you were being interviewed or you were doing the interviewing or whatever? Oh, Just to make us laugh now because we've been kind of going, you know. (laughs) Wow. I mean, the one thing that always stands out to me is when I was doing a lot of interviews for the Today Show. Okay. I I somehow was doing a segment about money mm-hmm. and the psychology of money or like recommendations on how to deal with money and it is like something I'm not really personally good at like I'm no <laughs> Gene Shatsky like please I'm lucky that I can like pay my bills online and it gets there on time I'm just grateful for that but they give you this topic and they're like we they need give you me to this t- topic okay. and okay. I actually thought I did a great job yeah. describing the psychology and blah 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 <laughs> and afterwards I spoke to the producer who I was very friendly with at the time and I'm like hey what'd you think he's like Robbie you didn't give any tips or advice I was like yeah don't have any really. <laughs> don't have any advice for you there <laughs> And it was but just, you were also feeling yourself. You were like, like, this is great. I was right? like, hey, I gave all the reasons why. Yes. Um, and he was looking for tips. And I, I was like, yeah, don't have any of this. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. That's Sorry. so Wrong funny. Girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's great. But it's but you know what? You made sense. And that's more than some people can say when they I go on. Yes. So, I guess. Well, just the other week when I, I was at Newsmax, I think you were there that day when the Harvey verdict broke and he's yeah. asking about Annabelle Sciorra. I – honestly did not know what to say that I turned the conversation to my shirt and I was like I'm wearing a soprano zip up right now I felt like such a moron but you know what I I was like let's just kind of move past that because yeah you got to figure it out somehow when you're live right yeah you just have to kind of work it I'm sure I've had many embarrassing moments I'm sure I have it's just they don't all I mean it's been years so they don't all stick out right right I know I just I think I beat myself up pretty bad it's hard listen it is right it's hard it's kind of it's the kind of business where you can see yourself after the fact and i think yes. we tend to be our own worst critics but yet mm-hmm. it's really important to be able to watch yourself right 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 and say oh i i liked when i did this or i don't like the way this looks or yes. i want to try and do better in this regard and, and it's so people's immediate reaction also that is 
is tough as well, I think. Where you're like, oh, look at your face right now. Oh, no. Like, I don't know. That yeah. always gets to me. No, but... there's always something, yeah. you know. And, and it's like it's very rare that I walk away and say, wow. Right. That was amazing. I don't know yeah. if I've ever had that moment. I You never have? I don't really? know. I don't know. I mean, listen, I try to think of it in terms of being a teacher on the air. Mm-hmm. And so if I get important points across that I think the audience can take away, I'm happy. But in terms of the way I look or just exactly what I need to say or if I don't have enough time, sometimes things are spontaneous. Yes. Or they rush you. Talk about Newsmax. I was asked before I had time to even look, I didn't even know I was talking about this. I was on to promote John's interview on Talking yeah, Live, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, coronavirus. Oh. Before I really, I didn't know I'd be talking about right. that. It was that the first thing he said too? It was kind of like we were talking about it yeah. based on the market, yeah, right? So yeah, he yeah. talks about the market. And I was like, okay, I'll give you what I know. But I didn't have the latest research. No, I didn't no, research no, no, anything. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. You know, so. And that feeling, I totally get that because that's that's exactly what happened to me that day. Yeah. He comes out, he's like, oh, Harvey, I was like, I'll read the headlines when I leave here. So let's yeah. move on here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm here I to know. talk about this movie. So <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's harder than it looks in the sense that mm-hmm. you have to make it look easy. And sometimes you are thrown that curveball where you How have to. How do you to... avoid saying, um, I always have this problem where I'm like, um, um. I mean, I do it too. I think everybody does it. But the best thing to do is be as prepared as you can. And if you have to take a moment, right. take a moment. Just like, I need a moment. Yeah. And you don't do, you don't say that. You just kind of. I probably just talk fast and something <laughs> comes to mind. I feel like right. I have a Rolodex in my mind because yeah. I've talked about so many different topics. Mm-hmm. Or you can handle things with humor. Yeah. That's what I tried to do. Banter. And I, yeah. And my dad watched it. And he's like, you know, I got it because I watch Sopranos, but I don't – it probably didn't, like, come off the way you wanted it. I'm like, whatever. It's but done. But who cares? Yeah. It's a moment it's and mm-hmm. we move on. And yeah. it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. You're right. No, you're totally right. I Dr. People, Robbie, that is why you were a doctor and you were so successful. So no, and, and I think, too, people respond to the essence of who you are. Right. Because even if you look at really big anchors mm-hmm. and really talented people, they make mistakes and flubs all the time. You just move through it. It's right. real life. Yeah, that's true. And that's I guess that's live TV. It's live right? TV. If and we want to do it, we got to suck it up. So. You know, Jeannie Most of CNN, mm-hmm. I asked her if she wanted to come on Talking Live because she's yeah. so talented. Everybody right. knows her funny little mm-hmm. segments on CNN. She's been right. doing it for years. And she looked at me and she said, oh, I do not do live TV. She really? goes, no, that makes me anxious. I'm a writer by background. I only do taped. And if you've ever done anything taped, you know it's so yeah. much easier. Yeah. You make a mistake, you, you do, do it, it again. again. Uh-huh. You do it till you get it right. You edit it, yeah. But you would never think somebody so prominently right. featured right. Yeah. would not do live. That's so funny. She said no. That is so, so funny. And yeah, I actually, I'm a bit of a control freak. I edit all of my own stuff because I need to make myself look better, right? If I make a mistake, I'm like, I can't imagine. Do you like like, editing? No, I don't like it. Yeah. Because I've discovered editing. You like it? 
I I find it almost, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, yeah, and same. there's a lot I need to learn, mm-hmm. but more video, yeah. I find it almost meditative. Do, do you do Premiere, Adobe Premiere, or what do you use? No, okay. I, I use iMovie. Oh, okay. And I'm learning okay. as I go. So I have that. I need to figure that out too. But It's, it's kind of intuitive, but yeah. I have to say, I mean, I'm not, I don't know how to do all the bells and whistles. I know right. how to do kind of enough. The basic, yeah. The basic. But I kind of love it. That's so funny. I know. I'm that surprised. That is so, so funny. Yeah. I don't love it. I think of it sort of as like a, a chore. What do you do? What do you use? So I use Adobe Premiere. Oh, okay. And it's, it's a lot of just like stringing the interview questions together so they blend a lot of um, transitions. Yeah. And some graphics. Like, you know, whatever. Keep it simple. Keep it light. Graphics on podcasts? No. This is for my interviews. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and for the podcast, I guess I could, but I don't really. Yeah. So, yeah. But I edit on the podcast with GarageBand. That's really oh, easy. Oh, interesting. Super, super easy. So, so yeah. But I'm um, impressed. Go. But don't you like having control over it? That's why I do it. 100%. I need control. Isn't it nice to <laughs> yes. know that? And I find as a result of doing a lot myself mm-hmm. that when other people do things for me, I'm like, mm, yeah. I think I can do it better. I, know. I mean, you... I, I have an editor yeah. who's a professional who I adore, but I don't want to use him for everything because right. it, it's costly. It's costly. And I also the back and forth always makes me feel bad. Like, oh, I like it, but do you mind? I know. And then it's like if you catch one more thing, you already said, oh, just one more thing, but I'm... don't kill me. Yeah, I just feel weird. So, right. but if you're doing it to yourself, who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. Robbie, thank you so much for being here today. Aww. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. And we're yeah. going to have to have you on Talking Live. I would love to. Oh my gosh, we'll I do it. Here. I have so many interview stories for you that I don't even know if I should share. Um, but yeah, it's like a show. share them all. Faux red carpet here um, with Dr. Robbie Ludwig. And guys, follow her on Instagram if you don't. It's at Dr. Robbie Ludwig. And tune into her show, Talking Live, weekly on Facebook Live. All right, guys. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Red Carpet Rendezvous. Until next time. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.